Part 1. Kelton In the beginning there was the map, folded twice over, stained brown with age, in places unreadable, marked by long evaporated water, the aged paper fell from the book Sandon Iger held and onto his lap. Sandon expertly unfolded the sheet, despite his thick fingers, and gazed with increasing wonder at the thin, faded lines. As one of the royal archivists, he was supposed to know every chart, sketch, tracing, and plan in the collection. He loved maps, and had loved them ever since he was a boy, and he really did know all the drawings in the king's collection. His love of depictions of the world could be dated to the hour that he had entered his father's workroom and found, spread out on the drawing table, a large vellum map of Hepedion. In that hour he felt like a seagull over the town. Every building and every street through which he had run while chasing cats or other small boys or being chased by larger boys, all this was revealed to him in a rising tide of simple joy. There was the temple, and out of the main market circle was Fish Street, crossing the old stone bridge and headed west towards the sea. And there was Sun Street, and if you turn left onto Newt's Tail and then right onto the Ironmonger Row, his house. Sandon never forgot his first map. A new chart, even poorly drawn, could provide an hour's entertainment. So he set aside the annals of King Stepos the Rash, and he took up the magnifying glass, standing in its place of honor at the top of the desk. He studied long and thoughtfully as the ink gave way to vistas of places he had never before seen. By the spear of Shoash, I find you hard to trust, and yet, if you are what you claim to be, Sandon half breathed this to the map, his heart beating hard and his face flushed. Anyone looking at you would say you'd found an illumination of Lady Mamoros all ready for her bath, said Master Uligo. Come, what are you bent over? I was about to call you to lunch. Still a vigorous man, despite his years, in his black robes, he looked a bit like a crow eyeing a shiny pebble. My dear sir, Sandon replied, I'm trying to decide if this is the new lodestone of the map collection, or if it should be turned to ash for fear it will lead the young and impressionable to their certain doom. Sandon respected old Master Uligo, but they had sparred often enough, most recently over a very confusing battle plan left by General Anandus, one of the least educated of King Pandion's warlords. It had been a victory, but by terrible luck, the very last officer who served with the old warrior had died in battle with the Isidonians just one month before they had realized they needed his explanation of events. And may I, the master of the king's records, be allowed to see this engine of ambiguous effect? Picking up the book Sandon had been reading, Master Uligo continued, Corin's teeth, this book has been gathering dust as long as I have toiled here. I found this sketch tucked within the pages, Sandon handed Master Uligo the bump and the magnifying glass. The old man bent over the aged sheepskin and began to mutter to himself. Stygia was ruined nearly two hundred years ago, and yet here it is. Sandon interjected. Look how the Evgos River bends to the west of the Vastan Hills. The great flood of 485 changed its path to lie on the eastern side, as it still is. I noticed that, said Master Uligo dryly, yet as he studied it, rising excitement could be heard in the timber of his voice. I think, I think, my boy, you have found a nova, 
a new star for our collection. He pointed his long, twig-like finger at the top right corner of the map. This must be investigated. He nodded his head as if his mind needed to concur with his tongue. If this map is speaking the truth to us over the centuries, then there was, at one time, a road to Sarica.